But I have been intrigued as this morning has gone on. Because honestly, I'd be flat out honest with you guys. I was I was laid out flat on my back for four days. I mean, I couldn't think straight. I couldn't read. I couldn't. I I I, I would lay in, in in bed, and then I would get up, and I was so miserable laying in bed, so I go and lay on the couch just to get out of the bed. But I couldn't even stand up in the living room for any length of time because I was so weak. I mean, literally, I felt like I was going to just fall over. I've not been that sick, and I can't even think of how long. And um, and I'm I'm not better yet, but I'm much better than I was because I've I've lasted two hours now. Um, but uh, it's it's just amazing. Now I will go back and crash in a little bit. I promise you. Um, but the thing that I've been I've been reflecting on, and something that was said. By Renee, and I can't even remember exactly what you said, but it just rang in my heart um, that I'm under attack. And I realized that literally from the time that the church service ended last week, all the way through until the time that I got physically ill, I was so. I don't know how to say it other than to say it. I, I regretted the sermon that I preached Sunday. No, no, no. I just, honestly, this is what I went through. I was like, you idiot. You told your deepest, darkest junk. And you recorded that? And you're going to put that on the internet? Oh, no, you're not putting that on the internet. Oh, no, 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 no. And what are these people thinking about you now that you've told you all your dirt? And all, you know, just all of this roiling in my brain and in my spirit um, for two and a half days. And then I got flat out laid out from Wednesday until yesterday. And so I haven't thought about nothing. But I have been just really under attack. I didn't realize it. Um, but that, that ranks so true that that's exactly what I think has been going on. But as I have been praying and saying, Lord, what is it that you want your people to hear this morning? Because it's what I pray every week. It's, you know, I could, I could pick a scripture. I could pick, you know, a, a book and just say, we're going to go through this book. But I try very hard to be, be quiet and to listen and say, Father, what is it that you want your people to hear? And very clearly last week, I felt like the Lord said he wanted you to hear and understand what it truly means to forgive. When somebody truly causes great pain, what it means for you to release them and to forgive them. And the word that I keep getting from this morning as I was praying, was there still that need? But it's not you forgiving someone for what they've caused you, to, uh, how they caused you harm. But it's that God wants whoever it is in this room, and it may be right here, but God wants whoever it is in this room to hear, it's okay, I have forgiven you. Stop beating yourself up. The, 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 the focus that I've been getting, the, 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 the words that I've been getting, number one, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers, against principalities, against the darknesses. And the enemy of our souls, I hated even reading that passage this morning because I, in my personal life and in my professional life, I do all that I can to not give any honor to the enemy of my soul. 
I won't even name the individual. I hated even using that word this morning, but it was right there in the scriptures, and so I just simply read it. But that's the one thing that I think we as Christians, especially in this, in this culture, in the Western culture, we have, we shy away from an acknowledgement that there is indeed darkness that wars against our souls, that is doing all that it can to try and steal and kill and destroy. And there's a whispering, a constant whispering of evil towards us. And we need, as Christians, we need to recognize that we are no longer under that. There is... um, Let me go back. Let me now go to Ephesians. This was the other area that God put me in as I was preparing. Come on. Sorry. Ephesians chapter. Excuse me, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. And and let's just stop right there. If you go back up to this very first thing, chapter 2, verse 1, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. I don't want to make light of this. I don't want to make it glib. But, but think about zombies. A living dead. One who is... Uh, their soul is basically just uh, dark. They're not able to um, do anything good. They're constantly driven by their, their outer... Uh, driven by this, this, this thing for just killing and killing and killing. And... They, this, this, to me, this mindset, this, I mean, this image comes to my mind. It says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked. You were following the core, you were dead, but you were following the course of the world, following the prince of the power of the air. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. And it was among them that you once lived in the passions of your flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. What God, was, what God is saying through Paul the Apostle in this passage is that we all, okay, because if you look in chapter, uh, uh, I can't think of verses right now, in Romans Chapter 3 or 6, I can't remember which. It says, for we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Okay, Romans says we have all sinned. Every single one of us has sinned. 
It also says in Romans, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. What Paul is saying here in chapter 2 is we all being dead in those trespasses and sins were walking under the authority of the one who rules this earth. The darkness, the powers of, of, of the enemy, um, the one that is trying to steal and kill and destroy. It is that same spirit that is now in the sons of disobedience. As I was thinking about what the sons of disobedience were, I was trying to try. I didn't do a lot of studying. I, I have to be honest. I didn't, I didn't have the energy to sit in a study room and just read and read and read. But I was trying to reflect. What does it mean to, son, uh, to say sons of disobedience? And quite honestly, what I what I think it means is people who have had given themselves over to darkness. People who had intentionally just said. I'm just going to let the enemy have my soul. I'm going to just walk in whatever feels right and do whatever feels right. And there's this... Well, if, if you look in Romans chapter 1, it also talks about that they, they were given over to the depravity of their minds. They've been given over to the darkness. There's just this sense of this zombie hive. Boom, 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 boom. All these dead soulless creatures being tormented, if you will, by the enemy of our soul. Being led to do unspeakable things against each other and against themselves. And there seems to be no control. There seems to be this constant dark, pervasive but we who have come into the light and have been regenerated by the grace of God are no longer subject to that darkness. We are no longer walking in those dark ways. We have been cleansed from all unrighteousness through the blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. We have the spirit of the Holy God, the spirit of the Son of God, residing within us, guiding us into all truth, empowering us for the service that we have. And that which we are being called to. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's what this verse 4 in chapter 2 is talking about. God, who is very rich in mercy, because of the great love with which God loved us, even while we were yet dead in our trespasses. God made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in Christ. See, it's more than, it's more than, for grace you've been saved, and this not of yourselves, it is the gift of God lest, I mean, not of works so that no one should boast. See, you can memorize that two-verse phrase and just quote it glibly without even thinking about it. But if you think about what Paul is saying around this is, you were part of this dark, dead, zombie hive, walking around, Harming each other and harming yourselves out under the dark authority of the prince of the power of the air. 
whose job and whose purpose is to do nothing but steal and kill and destroy. And you were called out of that darkness, not because of anything that you've done or anything that you could do, but you were called out of that darkness because of the richness of God's mercy and because of the greatness and the depth of his love for you. And as a result of that, he bestowed his grace on you. And his grace enabled you to get out of, to escape from that pit of dark zombie wombom darkness. And the reality is, you now walk in a, a fresh, whole, entirely different mindset. Romans chapter 12 talks about the transformation of your mind. Everything about us changes. I mean, if, if, I do not want to give place to the enemy. I do not. But if you read in the scriptures, you, you read that there was at one time this angel of light who was equal to Michael the archangel who stood at the throne of God. He was a beautiful, gloriously looking, powerful being who was there serving the Almighty. And the end result was his something inside of him twisted to the point where he began to be jealous of, of the glory that God was receiving and wanted it for himself. And he literally brought one third of all the population of heaven with him in rebellion against Almighty God. And the end result was his torment is that he's now cast down on this earth for a time. And his authority is only over this earth. And what he is doing with his minions is he's doing all that he can to thwart the purposes of God on this earth. At some point, we are told that there is a lake of fire that has been prepared for the devil and his angels. And that lake of fire, these, these enemies of our soul will be cast into and they will be there for tormenting for the rest of all of eternity. But the reality is we, because of the fall, that happened in Genesis chapter 3. We, because of the rebelliousness of our own sinful desires, we have rebelled against God. We have walked in darkness. We have been incredibly selfish and self-centered and mean-spirited and harmful to ourselves and others. And as a result, we have offended Almighty God. And as a result, we have been, we have been lost to right relationship. But at some point when God reached out to us and the light shined on us, we recognized the love of God and the mercy of God and the grace of God and we received it willingly. We confessed our sins. We repented of our sins. We accepted the grace. And we now walk in this newness of life. It is a glorious and joyous thing. But the reality is there is still a dark power that is doing all that it can to thwart the work of God. And that dark power continue to, continues to have access to our lives to a point. I'm not saying that, that, the, that the power of the Holy Spirit is not able to thwart because you heard me this morning pray, God, send warrior angels to protect us. I believe that that's possible. But there's a reality is that we wrestle against darkness. It's not we wrestled. It's we wrestle. There is still a battle going on. 
because the end has not come. The enemy has not been cast into that lake that was prepared and has been prepared for him and his followers. And as long as the enemy still has any access and any authority on this earth, we will still have a battle. And one of the things that Christians struggle with is this constant, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. And I'll tell you, who heard me tell the kids this morning, I was reared in a faith that told me in order to be good enough, I had to pray certain prayers. Or to be good enough, I had to go do good things to counteract the bad things that I had done. And I'm sorry, it may sound all holy and righteous to say go do penance, but that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible does not teach us that in order to receive forgiveness of your sins, that you have to go confess your sins to somebody and then have them give you a homework assignment so that you can break the power of the sin that was in your life. That was done on the cross. The blood of Christ cleanses us from all sin. And there is nothing you can do to, to, to be, do better than that. There's nothing you're going to be able to do. But see, we have this Oh, I've, I've got to do something because I did bad stuff. I'll tell you, when I was, when I was in Bible college, um, one of my issues as a, as a human being is fear of rejection. I mean, that's, that's one of the things that can be stymieing for me. And <clears throat> one night, one day I had borrowed a friend's trailer, a little garden. Not a, it was a small trailer, a lightweight trailer. I was hauling some dirt uh, that we were going to be uh, doing some landscaping in our front yard. And... I borrowed this trailer and I had to go pick up dirt and then I had to come and drop off the dirt at my property and then once I was done I had to bring the trailer back to his house that night. I think I made two trips. Um, and I had to do some backing. Somehow, and I have still to this day, I don't know how it happened, but somehow I bent the tongue on his trailer. I have no idea what I did or how I did it. There was no intent to do it. I don't even remember doing it, but when I dropped the trailer off, I did not park it exactly where I normally, where he would normally park it, because it was dark and I didn't feel comfortable trying to back into that place. So I let him know. I said, hey, you know, I called him my name. I said, um, I put your trailer here, but it's not exactly where you want it to be. And he said, well, while we go back out, we can just put it and push it in place. I said, okay. And that's when he went out, picked up the tongue, and he went, you bent my tongue. What? You bent the tongue. Look, it's bent. I'm sorry. I, uh, I, I'll, I'll do anything. I'll do anything. I'm so sorry. Don't worry about it. It's okay. No, no, it's not okay. I bent the tongue of your trailer. I'm so sorry. I'll pay for it. It's okay, Bob. I forgive you. It, you didn't do it on purpose. I under No, you don't understand. You have to beat me. You have to make me pay for it somehow. I'll pay you hundreds of dollars. I'll buy you a new trailer. Bob, it's okay. No, you've got to do something to punish me. I did something wrong. Do you see how sick that is? But that's exactly what I did. Now, I wasn't saying that out loud. I did twice. I said it out loud twice. And he finally said, it's okay. It's okay. But we were over at his house that evening. My wife and I and our kids, we were playing cards. We were there for three hours. Inside, I was screaming, don't, don't cut me off. Don't just beat me. Do something, please. Make me pay for what I did. And I could not get past the fact that he was willing to just let it go. 
it was okay. Because it wasn't okay. I had ruined something of his that was of value. And he didn't have the money to replace it. I had to pay him back. But he was extending grace to me. But I couldn't accept grace. Because I had done something horrible. And I had to pay for it. It was not right that I just get off scot-free. Do you hear that mindset? The reality is, at least in my own world, I still, for me, well not now, thank God, but for many, many years as a Christian, I walked like that. See, when I was in the zombie hive, under the authority of the prince of the power of air, I just did the things of the world, the way the world worked. And I wasn't bucking the system, so I didn't have to worry about anybody getting mad at me in the sense of, you know, trying to break out. But once I got out, then God's grace came into my life. And I was walking in this newness and in my forgiven state. The enemy was still doing everything the enemy could to try and drag me down. And the one thing the enemy would not let go of was not allowing me to accept the freeness, the, the absolute zero cost of grace. God's grace is a gift. There is nothing we can do to earn it. There is nothing we can do to be right for it. And if after receiving the grace of God and having our sins forgiven and being in right relationship with God, if something happens where we sin again, there is nothing you can do other than confess, repent, and receive grace again. You cannot do penance sufficient to receive the grace of God because there's nothing you can do to earn it. But we have this sick mindset that's continually, continually pin, 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 pin from the enemy because you're not worthy of grace. You're not deserving of that kind of unconditional, un, unchallenged grace. There's this, just beat me, please, just beat me. Make me pay some way so I can feel better. We have this, it's sick, but we have this same mindset in church. I'm not saying anyone in this congregation is doing anything wrong. Don't hear me say that. What I am hearing, you, what I want you to hear me saying is that as I have prayed and asked the Lord, what he wants me to preach to you. The last week he wanted me to preach to you very clearly on what it means to forgive someone who has harmed you. And this week he wants you to know that you are forgiven yourself. And that he holds nothing against you. And that there's absolutely nothing you can do to earn his love. It is a gift from God. It is not an earned payment from and if you are walking in grace and you are no longer in that little zombie hive, do not ignore the fact that the enemy of your soul is always looking for ways 
to try and trip you up and harm you. And you have, and, and this is the cool thing. This is what we read at the very beginning of the service and how we're going to close it out now. <clears throat> you have the word of God in Ephesians chapter 6 that tells you exactly what you need to do. Okay? You walk in grace. You know that you are forgiven. You have the enemy of your soul trying to trip you up, trying to cause you to, to walk away from it, trying to, to doubt your standing in Christ. And verse 10 of chapter 6 of Ephesians says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, Let's stop there. If the enemy is whispering to you that you are not worthy, you need to know what the word of God says about your value in God's eyes, that you are indeed worthy. And you need to be able to declare back to the enemy the truth as the word of God reveals it. So when the enemy is trying to whisper to you, you're not worthy, you say, but the word of God says I am worthy because in the word of God, and you start naming the verses that God has already confirmed in you that shows your worth. Secondly, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, standing there with this, this breastplate saying, I am right in my relationship with God. I am declared righteous because of the blood of Christ. 15 says, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. I believe that the word of God is true and it doesn't make any difference whether you want to convince me otherwise or not. The word of God is true and I'm going to extinguish all of the flaming darts. What they what they're talking about here was the shields. We think of the of the of the the the, the, the crusaders with their big metal shields like Roman, uh, you know, like King Arthur and the knights. That's not what they're talking about. These were leather shields that were soaked in water, so that when flaming arrows were sh- shot over, they could basically catch them, and the water and the, and the leather would would extinguish the flame. And so what's happening is this is saying the enemy is shooting these flaming darts at you, trying to do anything that they can to destroy you. And you're basically knocking them aside, but also extinguishing them with this shield of faith. And you take on the helmet of salvation. This is the sense that I am protecting my brain with the fact that I am right in my relationship with God. And I have with me the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And I pray at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. And to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for Paul. And he goes on to talk about that. But this idea, and this is this is what I hear God saying to us. And it may just be that I just needed to say it. But it may be that one of you is really struggling in this area. 
You are a child of the king. You were, you were hand-selected by God. God literally looked down into all of the humans on the earth and said, I desire that one. And specifically called you out, drew you. We believe in what's called the prevenient grace of God, which means God woos and draws. So God wooed you out of that zombie hive, drawing you and enticing you out, drawing you out of the darkness into the light. And when you finally came to enough sense of your culpability before God, God said, I forgive you. My grace is sufficient. It is a gift. You are cleansed of all unrighteousness. Welcome into right relationship with me. And you walk now in this newness, the transformation of your mind, in the way of your life. And you have the power of the Holy Spirit of God with you. And you are now being used of God to help others see the light. To help others come out of that dark zombie hive. And while you're doing the work of God, the enemy is doing all that the enemy can to try and keep you distracted or make you feel less than or not feeling like you have any value. And if they can continue to do that, they can continue to keep you from working for the kingdom because you're always worried about what's going on at yourself and your own feet. And so God is saying to you, you have authority over this darkness that's trying to defeat you. You have the equipment that's necessary. You have the power of the Holy Spirit to empower you. And you need to own and understand you are forgiven. The grace of God is sufficient. And it is not something that you have done to earn it. It is simply my gift to you. So walk in that. Don't let the enemy continue to keep you distracted from what I've called you to do. You always say, I want to walk in power. I want to walk in power. I want to walk in power. And then you always find out you're not walking in power. What is the problem? What is the trip up? The trip up is you're allowing the enemy to have access. You're either listening or seeing or just thinking. And in all of those cases, the armor of God will help to fight against that. But you have to take the action. That's the one thing about Ephesians chapter 6. You're given all the tools. But it says, once you have put them on, once you have done what you know you're supposed to do, then chapter 6, verse whatever it is, 18, says, stand firm. You see, God has empowered you. God has given you what you need. But you have to put it on. You have to pick it up. And you have to stand firm against the enemy. And you will have the victory. You will. I think I've said everything I needed to say. Let's pray.